with the Rock Survivor Podcast. I am John, my co-host is Andy, and after a long summer away from Survivor, we are back to be your oasis in a desert of terrible Survivor podcasts. And just like the band Oasis, we are two people that hate each other. But there is one thing, Andy, that we hate more than each other, and you know what that is? Everyone else? Very close. Effort. I was looking for effort. Indeed. Tell people how much we hate effort, Andy. Uh, we put none into, uh, this season. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, I, you framed it as that because I think, uh, as soon as I suggested to you, you were like, awesome, not doing anything cool. But yeah, for those who don't follow us on Twitter or haven't, like, read our comments on our website, um, we thought we'd right off the top let you know that we did not do any prep for this season. We did not read bios, we did not watch videos, we did not listen to hour-long podcasts about these people. The very first introduction we had to these people, other than, you know, tiny little pictures on the wiki, was this episode. And what a glorious introduction to them it was. I'm interested to see if this actually changes my opinion of the season or the players or anything like that. Because I think the last time that I went into a season like this was probably like, Philippines. Like, it's been a long time since I didn't absorb any sort of preseason stuff. Yeah, it was prior to Blood vs. Water when we first started the fantasy game. And then, uh, or no, uh, the season, Caramon was when we started the fantasy game. And then, yeah, since Blood vs. Water, we've been doing this thing. And yeah, I mean, I'd say, like, this is something I've been batting around in my head for a while. This is not a prejudgment on the season. It's that I hate preseason coverage for the most part. For returning seasons, I like it because I already am invested in those people to a certain degree. But it's just, I, I hate bios. They're terribly written and, you know, uh, either it reveals nothing or people try too hard. Uh, the videos are overproduced and after you've watched about four of them, you're just tired of it because the, the format is the same. Uh, and moreover, I just, um, the thing that bothers me and, you know, as always, things that bother me doesn't necessarily mean that somebody's doing something wrong or whatever. It's just people form these attachments and opinions about people that have nothing to do with the show. And, like, I feel like we get it wrong more than we get it right when it comes to prejudging people. As a person that has written several hype posts, I can say that you are patently wrong on that claim. Dan fully forever! But yeah, it's just like, it becomes like, I, this is the person I'm rooting for, and it doesn't matter what I'm presented with, I'm going to come up with a reason. Now, obviously, some people turn it around, right? Spencer ended up being not the person that annoyed us so much in the preseason. But then you get other situations, like, say, Amari, who everybody was so psyched about, and was, you know, let's face it, was nothing. She was she was nothing on the show. And there's still people who are like, oh, but she was a threat and such a strategist. It's like, no, that's because you thought she would be, so you're still holding on to that. Yep. I wanted to come in with nothing. Uh, no previous opinions other than, of course, the biases that we all have in humans when we first see somebody or hear somebody. That's what I wanted. I'm interested in what that will be. Now, ultimately, maybe it'll just be a lost cause because we're too deep into this that that stuff isn't going to seep into anyway, right? We read the comments posted on our site. Obviously, not everybody chose to do this with us, especially since we announced it fairly last minute. And also... Um, they probably enjoy, uh, digging into the stuff, uh, before it happens. They look forward to it. Um, but, so yeah, like, even already, you know, I've, apparently, like, two of these people on the cast knew each other somehow, or huh. there's a couple things. Yeah, I, I'm kind of blanking on the names already. But, um, <laughs> and the show probably won't ever bring it up. So, 
it might be pointless. It might be that, you know, running a survivor website is a bad idea if you want to kind of stay somewhat less informed. Um, you know, it's not like we're going to suddenly just become casual fans, but I just wanted to see what our interpretations of the season and these people are when it's dictated by what's on screen rather than what's off. Yeah, I, I mean, we can't go back completely to the days when I would call people bridal shop for six episodes of Survivor. Like, I, I'm going to absorb people's names now. I can't completely avoid all information. But I, I am interested to see, you know, if if my opinions differ dramatically from our crowd that we tend to agree with, although we also like to yell at them. <laughs> so, <laughs> spoiler alert, we might do it tonight. Um so yeah, I mean, I let's let's see how our opinions stack up against everybody else's as we go through this because we we are going in with no real opinion about any of these people. Like I, I seriously barely knew names. I still kind of am a little fuzzy on some of the names. As I you know, said before we started, I have the list of their names and their pictures in front of me because, like, in the breakdown, I was screwing it up. Um, so yeah, we got introduced to a cast of 18 new people, uh, in a, a theme that just, you know, fits naturally. And this was their time for them to make an impression. And, uh, how did that go for you? Who, who popped for you? Uh, I mean, there was, honestly, there was a lot of like middling people. There was a few that registered a little bit for both good or bad reasons. Um, I'd say Rourke. I was impressed by her backseat driving during the challenge. Um, Chrissy, I found out she's a financial analyst, so appropriately she's on the Heroes tribe. That's, you know, obviously going to appeal to me. And then on the negative side, that kid Ryan just really bothers me. Like he definitely has alt accounts on like Reddit or Twitter and he, you know, uses them to talk about how great this guy Ryan is. He's Kevin Duranting it somewhere. <laughs> Yes, maybe he'll uh, be a new commenter on this site uh, without much longer if we talk about him. Uh, yeah, I, I actually, my first impression after you know the episode, and obviously it's like this is my first chance to form opinions about these people, and I'm going to discuss it on a podcast. Was maybe it wasn't such a good idea to skip out on this preseason because nobody really popped for me in a good way. I'm not interested or excited about a single person on this cast yet. Now, that said, I'm not sure if that's completely abnormal for a season of Survivor. Certainly, there's sometimes when somebody does, but, you know, there, there were people who showed up as, like, there could be something there down the line. Like, maybe Allie uh, seemed okay in what brief moments we saw of her on the, the, uh, the Hustler tribe. Um that might be the list for me. And to be fair, we to be fair, we were limited this season. We got a sixty minute premiere where we've gotten kind of spoiled by like ninety minute and two hour premieres lately, where you just get a much more in depth view of the people that are going to be playing the game. Yeah, this was like a yeah a back to you know the old days where it's like, well, yeah, you really don't get much because you know, yeah. the. Sixty minutes, you've got things to do, and they did a bit of a challenge. Obviously, luckily, they saved the trouble of a, a whole setup for a reward challenge. But there was a, a challenge aspect to the marooning. You have your immunity challenge. You have three different beaches to introduce. You've got characters you need to set up, and then obviously you got voting with you know a new little element that required time. So with all of that, you know, 
Even like the people we say, well, this person seemed interesting. Say, well, maybe it's just because that person had something to do. So right. maybe um, what could be a good thing that would come out of this is I hope there's no smug assholes uh, talking about how so and so got a winner's edit because again, I don't feel like anybody really stood out. I mean, there's a few people who had more moments, and generally they were negative. I'm with you. Um, Ryan kind of rubs me the wrong way. Uh, even though I actually have no issue with a single thing he did this episode, and we'll get into those things. Uh, just kind of him. Yeah, and that's the thing for me is normally I'm the person that will be, you know, I'm predisposed to liking the nerd character. I'm not going to hide my biases. But, man, it's just something about that guy. I don't, nothing about him appeals to me. Like, nah, sorry, I'm not going to root for you. And I'm not necessarily predisposed because I don't know, self-hatred or whatever, but it's just like, I like people that, you know, seem capable of talking to people. But yeah, and the thing is, he probably is. I'm tired of the trope, frankly, of, oh man, oh, I never talked to anybody. Oh, it's so awkward. Ha ha ha. Even though, I mean, it's most believable with him more than anybody it's ever been right. like him, but <laughs> it's just like, you know, I, I've seen this before, uh, you know, and, better frankly you know you're no Cochran, you're no david i was gonna say cochran certainly pulled it off better than he did and it- yeah or david and frankly going into the season reading pre, you know doing all the free season stuff we were probably like yeah whatever david you're no cochran uh, right. david actually ended up being pretty interesting in his own right so you know maybe for Pat ryan because again like i said um no issues with the things he did just and eh, you know just the way he talks who knows uh alan made an impression but not a good one <laughs> we'll get into that <laughs> Um, yeah, you know, Chrissy made an impression for me, and I'm, uh, if you've read anything I've written, you probably realize it wasn't a good one. Uh, and same with Joe. So, uh, I guess we can get into the, each of those individually. But yeah, in terms of, you know, one episode in, who am I rooting for? Uh, nobody yet. But, you yeah, know, that's cool. Cause the other thing is, I like to root for people for reasons of, you know, achievement or something. And how much could you really truly achieve in one episode? Unless, of course, the show gives you a one-time use only opportunity to improve your station within the game. Mm. Um, that's something you could do in one episode. Or not. That's the thing. I feel like you're setting yourself up for an opinion about someone. I just can't quite put my finger on who it would be. Yeah, yeah, because so, okay, so Chrissy, let's get into that now, because it's, the other reason why we didn't necessarily get a lot of people, including the person who went home, who we got very little of at all, uh, is because there was this unique situation that the show had to, you know, design and clarify, and then kind of least introduce us into the possibility that something could happen, although we really didn't get barely any of Chrissy's thought process on this, which is probably the best sort of thing for Survivor fans, because we all just get to extrapolate our own hopes and dreams and desires onto the uh-huh. situation. Uh, because, frankly, what she gave us of uh, her plan of what to do with this new idol is that it kind of seemed like she didn't understand how it worked at all. You got, I see, I didn't get that impression. I thought that she definitely knew it could be played after... The votes were read, and it sounded like she knew it could be played on someone else after the votes were read. See, for me, like, and again, this is one little confessional, you know, going into commercial break or whatever, or maybe the act break that was probably heading right to tribal council. But it's like, I'll listen to what's going on at tribal council, and I'll make my decision then. It's like, you literally don't have to listen. All you need to listen to <laughs> is when Probst shows you the votes. You don't have to wait and see what you get the feel of. That's what you have to do with a normal idol. This is a different idol, and we should, for other people who I feel missed it uh, when it was happening live, 
I imagine a lot of you, since it's been a day or two at this point, uh, when you're listening, have figured it all out. But just to break it all down, this was a single-use only idol, could only be used this tribal council, that you could play after the votes were read, and you could play it for anyone. All of those three things were said on screen by Ryan when he originally received it. And then uh, briefly, uh, when she was reading the note. Yeah, by the way, did you see that whole scroll of instructions that came with it? I mean, I thought it was a big one, but I didn't see everything that was on it. I I couldn't tell what was on it either, but it looked like it had like a preamble and footnotes. It was just this massive wall of text. And I was like, what the hell? What are all the rules to this thing? Did they tell us all of them? Are there other things that we're not being told here? Yeah, and there's some rumors floating around that, uh, no. Uh, some people are suggesting that maybe more to it was that you can keep it afterwards, uh, you know, and use it. It won't have any power, but, you know, it's a thing, uh, which is an idea I, you know, shot down. But, you know, I suppose if it said that, it's weird that it would say that and they wouldn't tell us that mm-hmm. so that we could, you know, have that in our mind. Like, oh, should you play it or should you keep it so that you have a fake idol? Because that changes things dramatically then you know it is not just something that you have one shot in the gun although to that i will say um usually we all admit that fake idols don't have a whole lot of power but now people are suggesting that this was possibly the greatest move in the history of survivor um (laughs) nobody's suggesting that (laughs) i am (laughs) even for you that was a stretch (laughs) i know i have to stop myself i will be doing a lot of that because i'm me and this is what you tune in for but no yes that was a bit tough um so though that's what this idol is and we should also you know just clarify that prissy was almost going home she was a 50 50 shot you know as presented to us and i'm not just saying that necessarily that it was like they were lying to us because literally when people would talk about the vote it was like they they just smashed their name together Katrina, uh, it was, uh, Chrissy or Katrina, Chrissy or Katrina. In fact, when Ben was talking about his options, he presented it as though it was a binary of Ashley or Chrissy and Christine and uh, Katrina. It's like they're different people, but to their other four tribe members, they weren't. They didn't matter. Chrissy herself and what she could bring to the tribe didn't matter at all to these people. So that's how low on the totem pole she is. That's what she was fighting to preserve. And. It's okay not to do anything, right? Hey, you know what? I'll go ahead and take the uh, the side of inertia in this one. I, I don't think that it's such a bad decision. I mean, she can make the vote look unanimous, so she can still work with anyone. You know, she can always claim, hey, I, I was voting with you. I've been with you the whole time. She's keeping her options open. There is a for, – for, for one episode, there's a ton of division on that tribe already. And a lot could change before they get back to another tribal council. I mean, they might not go to another one. Um, and it keeps her options open if she swaps into a tribe with these people that she's never voted against. Um, she does have the burden of, because she's the mom, she's going to have to prove she's a player. Like David had to in Millennials versus Gen X. Like people are just going to have an impression of her that she's going to have to shake if she wants any shot at winning. She'll have to be a more active game player. I just, it's only day three. There's time to be the active game player. You don't have to be it right now. There's no time to do this thing. This was the only time. You say, keep her option open. No, there's no other option after this. The only option she had is play it now or lose it forever. And she chose lose it forever. So she doesn't, they're not going to hand her an idol in her bag again next week. 
Probably. I mean, I don't know. But so it's just like that's the whole thing. Like, oh, let's try something later. This was one time she had one shot to do something about her station in a way that pers- people of her station rarely ever get in Survivor. The old mom barely ever gets a chance to dictate a vote, especially an early vote. It was handed to her, literally. And I mean literally, and not in the way that you guys have perverted the term literally. Handed to her. And she, just like, eh, whatever. Why should I do anything with this other than protect myself? She treated it like it was just a normal idol, because I almost think that that's all she thought of. She was like, oh my god, I have an idol. And then did nothing to change her plans. Instead, that's not what she got. She didn't get an idol. She got the opportunity to decide who went home that night. And she decided, eh, the other person that's just like me that these people couldn't care less of which of us goes home. That's, but that's my argument, as I think she decided, yeah, I wanted Katrina gone. Because I think that she saw, you know, maybe Katrina's not a rock-solid ally for her. Oh, maybe I don't she- think she is. I just think uh, she's a lot more than the people who uh, were deciding whether to vote for Katrina or vote for Chrissy. This isn't about protecting your friend. This is about taking out somebody on the other side. When you are given the opportunity, and she didn't want to do that. So this is my point. There's not necessarily another side. Even at the tribal council, they're openly arguing. Like, JP, Allen, and Ashley are all openly arguing with each other, and Ben's like, man, I wish this would all calm down. There's not, like, a clear delineation of it's us four against the two moms. I know we saw some of that earlier in the episode, but clearly it's not a cohesive four you know, once the, once Katrina's gone, there's going to be some cracks and she's going to have time. I, I don't think it's that big of a, a risk. See, and people are saying that. And for me, that's why you do it because it's not a cohesive four. Everybody's like, well, if she played that idol, then it would, she'd be doomed. It would be her next. It would be those three against her. Why? Why would those three suddenly be so united when, you know, Alan gets what he wanted? When you give Alan what he wanted, all Alan's trying to do, I mean, if we can figure out what he's trying to do at all, and we're going to talk about that, but is create enough, you know, chaos that that, that pair is split up. So once something happens to split that pair up, he's going to punish the person who did it and say, rock solid, me, Ben, and JP till the end. Why, why do you think Alan didn't vote against Ashley if that's what he wanted to do in the first place? So just to clarify, your argument is that you should play the idol at that tribal council, having never told Alan about the existence of an idol. Because Alan seems like the type of level-headed person that would be totally cool with that. Because I, I think I don't think we saw any sort of evidence that he might be paranoid about an idol existing that he's not aware of. Why is everybody assuming that you're not allowed to tell people about this idol in an episode where somebody told somebody about this idol? Just f***ing tell Alan before this, and hey, be like... Cool. Let's do this. This is awesome. Like it, this, this doesn't have to be a sneak attack. Literally nothing can be done to you because you have an idol that protects you. The work, the only thing that could happen is if you told everybody is that they split the votes. And uh, if that happens, you know what, what, uh, the end result of all this would be? Uh, Katrina goes home. Right. <laughs> but see, I feel like that then becomes more unifying for that group of four. Even if they can't stand each other and they don't, you know, but really they won't like... be a group of four anymore. They'll be a group of three. No, 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 no. I was saying if they had ended up splitting the votes and you said they Katrina won't. goes home. 
You think those people with Alan the Erratic that everybody thinks is, you know, just going to fly off at the handle and everything is going to sit calmly at tribal council and be like, okay, us two vote her. You two vote there. No! Yeah, just seize the opportunity. Do something. Because what I think would happen if they took out Ashley, or hey, how would you get brave and take out JP? I don't care. Why is I, it that the women always have to take each other out? I'm saying, I, I seriously, I would have targeted JP first. Yeah. Why not? Because then, actually, you know, if your worry is, well, then now Alan could just throw it down with Ben and JP. No, no, he can't. So right. do you think Alan's going to work well with Ashley? Probably not. Or, heh, maybe Ben will be your third. Because why I think Alan wasn't able to move against Ashley, even though it seemed like that's what he wanted to do, is because he would have needed to flip one more person. Ben. We see him try to do this. Ben probably doesn't want to do this. Well, guess what happens next week? Alan and Ben still need to flip in order for Chrissy to stay in the game. Or Chrissy just has to hope that they vote somebody, not her. Which is, you know, what happened this week. And if that's your winning strategy, that's what everybody's advocating, that Chrissy just keeps hanging around, hoping that somebody else gets voted out. This is why you guys are cowards. You know, she was given to one chat that they can't do anything to her about it. And everybody's like, well, they're going to vote for her? When has that ever happened that, oh, the person who played an idol for somebody else becomes the unanimous target for everybody? Because it's, I can't think of a previous example. Like, people are inventing this, you know, anger and unifying force that I don't think this play would be. They'd be all like, huh, look at that. Old lady's got some game. She booted out this person who I, myself, Alan, don't really care for. Uh, I think that pretty much describes most of the other people on Alan's tribe, though. But, uh, two other people. This is a tribe of six. I think everybody's also acting like this is like ten versus player. So, she went into tribal council as a weak fifth. In a group of six. But really, it's four versus two. She exits that four versus one. When she could have exited three versus two with many options for that person to be a three. She needs to jump ahead of somebody. Here's the other thing. If nothing else, if if this is a unifying force and everybody now, oh, we got to get rid of those moms because we hate moms so much. There's another mom. She's got a shield. Now she's the weakest person on the tribe. By the way, very heroic to hate on moms. That's why they're the hero tribe. But my whole point of this is that it's not a unified four. And you're like, well, now they're going to have a unified four. No, they don't. They don't currently. They wouldn't after this vote, no matter but what. What I'm saying, though, is they don't need a unified four anymore. They need a unified three. They can just cast Alan aside. They don't need to care at all what Alan does. As long as it's Ben, Ashley, and JP, that's it. Game over. And all Chrissy can hope for is just they don't go to tribal council long enough for a swap. A swap that, of course, is going to break her way because whenever a swap's not worked out for the older lady. If you're a decent player, you should be, if, if, if Chrissy has any sort of game at all. I'm arguing that she doesn't. You should be able to turn that tribe against Alan or to turn the two guys against JP and Ashley. There's things that you can work with there. And if you can't do that anyway, you're just not very good at Survivor at all. So what's it matter? But you're, but, so the argument is it would be impossible for her to turn one person against the other people. But two people, that, that's, that's workable. This is what it. She eliminates one of four people and sets up a situation where she only needs three. Katrina will be one of those three. And here's the last thing. So she voted for Katrina, which is the other people's like, well, why would she use an idol on somebody she voted for? Uh, my argument is she should never have voted for her. She doesn't know the vote isn't for her. If the vote went for Chrissy instead of Katrina, then what happens in that vote is 
Her vote is the one that got rid of Katrina, and she goes back to camp with four other people who voted for her. Like, so, like even from like that play, like she, there was like no help for a bounce back if she saved herself from the idol, other than eh, I saved myself for three days. Like she, this was a, an opportunity to shape this tribe for her, not just to hang on and hope things blow around, the winds blow, and something works out for her. Because why not hope that something works out for you? After you've done something to help it work out for you. And I swear that what is happening with a lot of people is that they just, they hate risk so much. <laughs> They're so afraid of taking a risk. That one that isn't even that risky, because again, this is the only time you can play it. And you don't even have to be right about it. You get to wait and find out what happens before you cast your vote. That they're so afraid of doing that, they're like, oh, no, no, I mean, something bad could happen if she did that. That they, they don't understand that not doing something also incurs risk. And in this case, what not doing something incurs is that she could just still be the last person that they care about and gets voted out next week. Yeah, and that was my whole point, is that both moves incur some risk. So, uh, to me, I'm not a huge defender of what she did. I just don't think that it's like game sinking move or it, it's good. It, we're talking so much about something that happened on day three, which bravo to survivors. Well, I mean, producers. this is a podcast where we talk about what happened in the episode before. I can't really talk about what will happen in day nine. No, no, no. But I'm yet. saying like, I'm, I'm impressed that survivor managed to get us to talk about a game element that's on day three as if this is going to shape the future of the game, because in some ways it could. I don't think it will, but it could. Look, I, could it? Who knows? But if this is uh, the prescribed gameplay that everybody wants for her, just kind of sit back and don't do anything because you know, it could uh, put a target on you. The, you know, if she doesn't go home next week, the other funny thing that could be happen that she makes like the finals and in this new you know, format where people really get to grill her. Uh, what did you do? It's like, oh, I hung back and waited for everything to not work out for me. It'd be funny if then she busted it out. Oh, you guys don't know this. Actually, Ryan does. That I got this special advantage and I decided not to do anything with it and vote with you guys because I hope you would like me. Like, just... there are, there is over a month of gameplay remaining. How many opportunities does somebody like Chrissy get to play in Survivor? Really get to do something, get to dictate a vote where people say, hey, Chrissy, you decide who's going home. How many times has that happened in 34 seasons of watching? survivor right that was my earlier point that you know she's going to have to do something to be an active player she doesn't necessarily have to do it now i do get that there was an opportunity there she could have taken it but again that opportunity could come back in some other way i it's it's not that big of a deal it's so early in the game the half of these people might not even be on the jury to know what she did at this stage of the game yeah, I think one of the people that won't be on the jury to know what she did in the game is Chrissy. But people are like, oh, well, you know, this could make her a target. She's a target now. I'm not prescribing that Ben should have done something with this and flipped the entire game. I don't even think Alan should have, although I think Alan would have. <laughs> You're the other choice. It's you or her. These people don't care about you. Make them care. Make them care, good or bad. Do something. Yeah, I'm just, I'm not part of the survivor subset of fans who very clearly with, if they won like the coin toss and OT would choose to kick off. (laughs) It's just like, oh, 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 I don't want that ball. There's so much pressure. I mean, if if they fail to score, all I need to do is kick a field goal. We'll take the ball and we're going to score. Tony Romo. Try to win. Try to win. How about that? This is a unique thought, especially because it's like, she's not in a good position. 
So there's all people are like, oh, that could put her in a bad position. She's in a bad position now. And you know why I know that? Because she's an older woman on Survivor. Hey, speaking of an older woman being in a bad position, you know who's in a worse position? Katrina. Yeah. <laughs> she got voted out, and she is a former Olympic swimmer. On an island. Yeah, she was on an island where they would potentially have lots of water challenges, and she's the first one gone. Um, they showed so very little of her that, A, I hope she didn't have a viewing party, and B, I was convinced it wasn't her because I barely knew she existed by the time they got to tribal council. Yeah, I mean, I only know she was an Olympic swimmer because somebody mentioned it in the comments. Uh, and I wonder if that was news to her castmates as well. Because, man, how, how, do you, how much do you have to suck? That'd be like in a, in a tribe that like already is prizing themselves on strength. They're not impressed by the fact that you were an Olympic swimmer. And, uh, they choose, hey, the lady who puked over, uh, a puzzle. That's the one we want to keep. And it, like, I think, you know, it can only, B realize that you know Chrissy is a more savvy social player than her, which is not the same thing as saying she is a savvy social player. I want to make it clear <laughs> because yeah, how did that happen? Like, it, I mean, I figured Katrina would be the first one out just because I looked at a picture of her. But they presumably spent three days. They should realize, hey, like, like, don't keep it a secret. If you're an older woman, tell people, yeah, I'm very athletically, uh, yeah, I'm gifted. Yeah, we don't know that she didn't, though. Although, again, no, we don't. But why? That, yeah. Why not show that? Because you know, you you think, hey, you have a former Olympian, Crystal Cox's former Olympian prowess got mentioned, like premiere episode of that season. Yeah, and it gave her the benefit of the doubt for quite a while, despite all evidence to the contrary. <laughs> uh, this is like, yeah, like again, because it seemed like those four, you know, meatheads. Literally just didn't care which old lady it was. It's like, oh, obviously it's us four and it'll just be one of those. Make them care. Give them reason for this, like, not you that, but them. And, you know, to Chrissy's credit, she was clearly ready to throw Katrina overboard. Uh, and Katrina apparently wasn't. Which, you know, people say, well, uh, she voted for us. Yeah, but I think what happened really is that before she ever knew she had an idol in her bag, she had already decided, I am going to vote with the other group. Hopefully they're telling me the truth that it's Katrina, not me. Right. Um, and maybe either Katrina got all the same message or, you know, frankly, it shouldn't be that hard to understand that that was the message. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just like, I don't understand how she loses this. Uh, uh, it should have been Chrissy. It, she should have been able to out physical Chrissy. Um, let's talk about the rest of that hero tribe since we've been talking about them. We haven't even really addressed Alan's um, strip search breakdown there. Yeah, that that was that was weird. Um, <laughs> it's to the point where like all we can do is really either call him crazy or dance around that because of the negative connotations. Hey, you know, sometimes if you want to build some trust, you just gotta tell someone to lift up their dong so you confirm there's not an idol under there. That's right. I mean, <laughs> the probationary officer probably understood completely while he was watching. Um, exactly. It's just protocol with him. Yeah, I just, uh, like, I get, I wouldn't do it, but I get, like, trying to sow dissension, cause paranoia, but you do that with the people that aren't those people, not them. Yeah, Alan's story took some pretty wild swings there. Like, it it went from, um, okay, us four, we're going to stay strong, to I don't trust those two, they're a power couple, to directly confronting them. Like, a, a lot of things happened there within two and a half to three days. 
And when he initially was like, I don't trust them a power couple, I'd be like, yeah, good yep. observation, Alan. Mm-hmm. Also, uh, you're right to feel a little hinky about this because you're clearly number four of this, you know, right. three. Which, you know, not, you know, we, uh, we can see that view due to the edit, but also, I mean, he might understand in life by looking at the rest of the dynamic of that. It's like, oh, you know, I understand what they're wanting me for especially as they're describing everything it's just like oh those two weren't physically fit not like you big man um so all of that not being wanted looking for other options uh trying to you know tear those two apart all good things yeah here's one thing that i don't understand though just spitballing ideas here say you're an allen right you're obviously going to be prized especially in the early game for your physical prowess why not on that first vote Try to take out one of the other big guys in your tribe because then it's almost like the rest of the tribe will need you and have to keep you. You know, it's not like they were going to target you anyway, but make it a guarantee. Once JP is gone, it's going to be like, well, now we definitely can't get rid of Alan. Yeah. But at the same time, you do kind of set yourself up for like, oh, well, now they're the, the weak can outnumber us. But, you know, that's why you might ally with the weak. And if only an opportunity was given to you and the other ones to take control of this situation, instead of just kind of hoping that the other three white people will get along with you. If only. Uh, but clearly, um, no matter what would have happened after this vote, he was going to be true blue with uh, JP and Ben for the uh, rest of the day, time, ride or die. So I understand sure. why you wouldn't want to create a situation where Alan is the sole... Um, decider of which way a tribe goes yeah hey speaking of uh wild mood swings though um let's talk about joe because we can finally move off the uh the the heroes tribe and on to i guess they're the healers yeah yes the healing power of probation that's right um he's he's there to rehabilitate andy that's why he has those people lift up their balls for him um watching them be (laughs) that's right uh Joe took a little mood swing there too. He was feeling out Mike, like, oh, you, Mike, you, you're looking for an idol. And then just, just really hammers home. Like, no, but seriously though, you have the idol. No, come on. I don't know that that's a great look. Yeah. It's like, I've never seen somebody as like unsmooth about this as Joe. And then Alan was just like, hold my beer. But it's just like, yeah, it's like, should I just go ahead and put Joe in the zero point percent club now, just for kind of symmetry and old timey sake? Because <laughs> he does bear a certain resemblance to someone that you put in that uh, club before. Um, although, just to clarify, back when you did it with Tony, Tony had an immunity idol and a tribe that looked like it might not lose for a while. So, you know, I kind of think that the Tony thing was a little bit bigger of a risk, but. Yeah. Maybe that's why, uh, you shouldn't be so focused on making big moves all the time. I wanted to impress people with, oh, I'm going to put this guy. Nobody would do that. that was, you know, big moves are stupid. I like it when people do nothing and hope that things work out for them. Oh, you know what? I got this, this great website that you'd love. It's called, uh, Survivor Reddit. <laughs> uh, yeah, Joe, that was awful. It was like, I, again. Uh, bracing somebody a bit and even like, hey, you're looking for the idol. That's fine. It can help you get a read on them and he can even can help be a bonding thing. Like, you know, we all know what's going on here. No big deal. But the way he just kept going at Mike, it's like, what's, what's your plan here, Joe? And I think his plan is, this is how I talk to people. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunate because I don't imagine that's going to win him a lot of strong allies. Um, I actually think in this, 
particular case, the massive overplaying and the overly aggressive attitude towards Mike might not matter because I wouldn't be surprised if Mike isn't long for this game. But should Mike happen to stumble upon an idol, maybe that is a risk for him. Yeah, I think, yeah, if it was confined to just Mike, yeah, whatever, you know, it was a one-on-one deal. But, you know, when you combine it with, like, the way he was like, oh, I really, I'm so excited that it was you three women specifically, and then it's, you know, uh, confessional actors, like, ha, 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 I'm gonna run things. It, it, it suggests a whole lot of confidence without yet any demonstrated competence. Mm-hmm. Unlike, say, somebody who found an idol and, you know, <laughs> won a challenge and stuff like that. Um, Never underestimate the, the confidence of the mediocre. Yeah, no, I mean, I believe you called him true value, Tony. Like, that's kind of what he is. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's kind of why I don't have anybody that I was excited about because nobody seemed good at things or great at things. Obviously, yeah, that people were good enough at things. Uh, like you point out, you know, Rourke with the challenge and such, but... Like, I just, I think Joe wasn't being set up of like, watch this crafty guy. I think it was just like, yeah, he's, he's extra. Yeah. Going a little too hard. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I don't think there's any other stories on that beach. Do you? Yeah. The healers, we did not get a lot of. All right. So let's jump to the other one, which is yeah, more about this idol. Uh, cause we get to Ryan, our new favorite character. And, uh, yeah. So he found that idol. Good for him. Uh, especially cause, uh, didn't seem well hidden, and it kind of just seemed like he was the last person on the boat. Which maybe this is endemic with what we see with Alan, with what we see with Joe. It's like everybody's just maybe just a little too anxious to play that they're jumping the boat right away, jumping right off that whole deal. Um, but yeah, so he gets the idol, and he decided to share that information about the idol, what it does, that he has it with Devin. Uh, what did you think of that move? Uh, good, good job. Yeah. I mean, I I don't like Ryan on my TV, but I do appreciate that move. It was very like David and Ken. Uh, and I mean, I've said many times, I generally support the idea of aligning with people that have skills that you don't. So Ryan picking up someone that probably has pretty good social skills seems like a good idea. Yeah. And people are worried about that. Cause you know, there is a school of thought that you just, you know, if you have an idol, you keep that secret, even though it's been disproven many times that, you know, it can be used as a bonding agent, that sort of thing. But like this specific idol, yes. and I'm not sure if I've mentioned this before, um, one time use only, and you can't be voted out while you're holding it. Right. Um, there because was no risk. the nature of it. Is that, I mean, that, that makes it like zero risk to share yeah. because essentially you can only build trust with it. Yeah. Like there's no backfire. If what, you know, even if like, you know, Devin just picks up like, I don't like this guy. There's something just about him and tells everybody what can they do about it? Right. Um, we can't vote for Ryan. We just can't do it. <laughs> so it's like, all it does, and frankly, we can't even vote against Ryan's interest. We all need to suck up to Ryan now so that he doesn't use it to get rid of us. Because, again, this was an idol that basically allowed the holder to decide who would go home. Yep. Or, you know, gave them a good chance. Again, vote splitting could, you know, change that. Um, so yeah, no risk because it, uh, the other risk is, well, now you're a target. No, he doesn't have an idol anymore. Devin knows it. He showed him the whole, you know, scroll list. And I will say, uh, when you said that, like, that there's a lot of instructions. Apparently, last season, there was, like, two pages of instructions on the advantage that Sarah got. So, I guess that's just what Survivor's doing. And even though that they're doing all of that, they still, you know, like, use wrong words such as non-transferable when I don't know if they quite meant that. Maybe they just give them really long stuff just so they have some reading material while they're out there crapping in the ocean. 
Yeah, or maybe, yeah, if they're not in the ocean, you could use that for something else. Sure. Um, uh, so yeah, I thought, you know, it's a savvy play. And we'll see if it sticks, you know, now that he doesn't have that to bond him with Devin. But I think what he does have is, hey, look, I'm a trustworthy fellow who's right. willing to share information with you. Yeah, that was my whole point is it's, there's no downside to it because it's a, it's not something he's holding forever. I mean, it's, it's, it's gone immediately. So, you know, telling someone that you have it while you have it looks like, Hey, I'm a very trustworthy person. I'm going to give you information and you can trust me with information that you have. And it's really not giving him much information because yeah. again, if you were actually going to play it, everyone's going to find out anyway. And B, if you've shown it to someone and you don't even have to play it, it looks like, hey, look, we have a little partnership thing going. I included you in my decision-making process. Yeah, I don't know if there's been a tool in the history of Survivor that was more designed to sh- allow you to share information than this one. Yeah, because, again, there's no blowback, and it's gone. So he didn't lose anything. He gained something. So good for him. Yeah. All right, so a uh, new feature we are going to do this season because we love gimmicks so much. We steer hard into gimmicks around here. That's right. Uh, for each week, we are going to pick a heroic, a healing, and a hustle moment of the week. Oh, so, Jeff Probst is going to be so proud of us. <laughs> We're waiting for that interview, Probst. Um, <laughs> so uh, what was your heroic moment of the week? I mean, it's pretty obvious that it, this should go to Chrissy. Um, not just for being a mom on Survivor, but for having the courage to say, no, I refuse to do something just for the sake of doing something. And of course, for her heroism in being a financial analyst. Yeah, I mean, it, it might not be the hero we deserve, but it's the hero we need. Exactly. Somebody to finally take a stand over the tyranny of big moves. <laughs> Nobody wants entertaining or, you know, changing things in their games. We really just want to sit back and, you know, maybe you'll have a nice little side conversation one day. Chrissy is the anti-Zeke. That's right. So much better survivor. It's just common sense. <laughs> it's common sense that when you're given an, uh, you know, expiring tool to further one's goals in the game that you don't use it. That's, that's just stupid. That's what a common, like, uh, like, well, casual fan would do. But not Chrissy. She's been a fan of Survivor forever. Has she? Appa- I think so. I caught it on uh, like a retweet or something on Twitter. I think oh, she's okay. been a big fan. Uh, she does strike me as a fan type. I went a different way. Okay. Uh, and I think because she's a fan type might be another reason why there's a lot of people out there defending uh, her. But uh, no, I'm, who am I to uh, decide why people do the things they do? Mm, it would be very out of character for you. I know. It's not like it's a trademark or anything. Uh, for me, the heroic moment of the week was clearly, uh, Jeff Probst just, just ramming through that theme of the season while introducing the tribe. He is a pro's pro. It doesn't matter how embarrassing or how much of a stretch it might be to suggest that, you know, that, that, that hustlers are people that give a hundred percent because they're freaking bellhops. Jeff Probst is a pro and he is a hero to everyone who loves Survivor. No one sells Survivor harder than Jeff Probst. And I was actually, we had a whole summer series on our website uh, called Survivor Fan Friction. I was going, I had a draft, but due to various hurricanes and traveling and such, I did not get to finish writing it. I was going to write all about Jeff Probst and how important he is to this show and our enjoyment of the show. Whether it's praising Probst, whether it's hating on Probst, 
he's just good for the show, and I'm glad that he's here. Now, obviously, you know, there's a bit of tongue-in-cheek in that, but in some way, it's like, when Moala's watching, I was like, oh, God, maybe everybody who's complaining about the fact that it's going to be in Fiji forever, thus themes was right, because it was so awkward. But at the same time, Jeff Probst's commitment to all mm-hmm. of this is essential. Survivor fails the minute you start thinking, hey, this is kind of stupid. Fire is life. Tribal council. No. You need somebody that's earnestly doing that, but that protects the integrity of the silly little fantasy that they produced. And he does that. And yes. uh, I salute you, Jeff Gross. He gives you the cheese and makes you want to eat it. Yeah. Because, man, that was awkward. <laughs> it was so dumb. <laughs> There's been... Yeah, there's been stretchy themes before, but uh, for some reason, and maybe because that scene was just too long, this one felt worse. Uh, just cause it's like, oh, you give 100%. Oh, that's what the heroes do. And healing is an essential part of Survivor. Since when? Um, well, I remember, like, season two, I believe someone fell into a fire, so healing would be very important there if you wanted to recover. Yeah, and everybody... uh but rushed around to heal and when it's like, uh, he fell into a fire, I think. All right. Uh, speaking of healing, let's get to the healing moment of the week. I'll start this one, uh, just for balance. Sure. Um, I think it was Chrissy puking her way to an idol. Uh, it was, it was the healing nature. She forced the bat out and got herself an idol. Uh, now, I mean, of course, an idol that only an idiot would ever use, but yeah, she got one. So good for her. Yeah, I, I'm going to say the exact same thing. Leaving that lunch on the floor in front of Probst. Um, also, nothing makes you feel better and thus heals you, like puking. Like, I, I don't know. Actually, I'm only basing that on puking after drinking. I don't know if it's generically true, but I know that in the past, when I puked after drinking, I felt great. So, healing moment. Good job, Chrissy. She's two for two with me. Let's see if I can squeeze her into a hustle moment. I sincerely hope not. All right, so uh, that's the moment of the week. What do you got? Um, I'm going to give it to Mike because he recognized that if anyone would need an idol on that tribe, it would be him. Oh, that's a good call. Uh, I went a different way. I say I was going to give the hustle moment of the week to the healers tribe for coming last in the the uh, the immunity challenge to get to the mazes and thus getting the best maze. Proving once again uh, our adage around here that you should never hustle for anything. Hustling right. is stupid because I couldn't believe it. Like when I looked at it, it's like, hey, maybe the one that's a complete straight line, that might be good to do. Right. Now, once they started doing it, I just realized, okay, well, it takes a little bit of fine-tuned control, which meant it took like two balls for them to figure out. <laughs> Meanwhile, the heroes, first one on there is like, hey, let's grab this one with so many obstacles and you know, pass that maybe we shouldn't even go down. That's the one. Move, move, move. <laughs> This is just goes to show you hard work never pays off. Nope. Sit back and just wait for something to happen. Oh, my God. Chrissy is a genius. I told you. Should have squeezed her into that hustle moment. I've been going at this the wrong way the whole time. Glad I could convert you. You all were right. All aboard the Chrissy train. So, um, because obviously it'll work out for her uh, uh, beginning next week. We should get into predictions. One per tribe. Who's going to go home? And let's start with the Heroes tribe. Okay, uh, heroes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a risk here. I'll say Alan. Yeah, so I think everybody now is like, oh, you're just gonna say Chrissy. And God, do I want it to be Chrissy? And I will never stop laughing at you guys if it's Chrissy. <laughs> I don't think it's Chrissy. <laughs> but here's the thing. I, again, everyone's like, well, see, see? This because things change doesn't mean that you willed it into happening 
or, more importantly, that you doing something would have prevented it from happening. I also think it'll be Alan. Because, and I don't think it's because she did anything. I don't think it's because she uh, uh, curried the favor of her tribe so well or anything like that. It's just because it's like, oh, cool, we can get rid of Alan now because he's going to be even more annoying. Where inst- and frankly, I don't know if getting rid of Alan will be good for Chrissy other than the fact that it won't be her. Um, but yeah, I think that's why we got as much of it we did at Alan. As you said, I think he's a bit redundant. So they don't even be like, well, even if he's dangerous and tricky, we got to keep him around. Uh, yeah, so him and then she'll maybe last for a swap and then they'll get rid of her then. All right, let's move on to the healers. Who do you got? I guess it's a theme because I also think it'll be Joe. I think, you know, I, I, and since it's only going to be one or the other, I think that's what this episode was doing, was setting up uh, the arc of why somebody goes home next week. Unless, of course, it's the other tribe. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, one of these two overly aggressive players will put off the people of their tribe, and let's be like, yeah, let's just get rid of that guy. Yeah, it does look like a battle between Joe and Mike, and it's really probably going to come down to, will Mike get an idol? I'm going to bet that Mike doesn't, and I'll say Mike goes home. So reason why, because I was also thinking Mike, because... Why not Mike? Uh, I feel like the show was investing in Mike in his character moment, and Joe was being set up as a foil to him. You know, a neg, a, a negative. So, are you are you suggesting that Mike would be like a um, would be getting a CPP three edgic score on this one? Yeah, clearly he's the last boot before the uh, final tribal council, which mm, yes. um, I just remembered will be different this year. Um, yeah, no, I'm not suggesting that. At all. I just think, yeah, I think they want us to like Mike, and sure. they don't want us to like Joe. Now that could mean that you know Joe's getting a big villain at it, but I just, uh, why do we need to like Mike for that to happen? I don't know why they would have invested uh, that kind of character moment for the second boot of the season, especially when they uh, didn't invest any moment for the first. So that's why I went with Joe. All right, and then moving on to the Hustler Tribe, who do you got? So going into this episode, we did our uh, predictions, which I forgot about, and our whole idea of you know not paying attention. I chose uh, Simone, uh, kind of, you know, just basically because of um, racism, um, <laughs> not not my own. Hopefully, I was just say you should clarify, um, not your own, but you know the pernicious kind that seems to uh, continue with Survivor, the light kind that uh, seems to dictate a lot of early votes. And then I actually clicked on her bio. Um, I think it was an accident or something, but uh, and I kind of saw it's like, I'm not sure there's an occupation that could uh, prepare you less for Survivor than Diversity Advocate. That's what she uh, which is? Which is apparently what she does. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> so <laughs> that's your jam. <laughs> this is not the show for you, man. So I'm going to let that prediction ride. I mean, I think they need a Diversity Advocate but in casting! Really, yeah. yeah, not really on the show so much as working for the show. More on podcasts and stuff, so. Yeah, that too. Um, I hope I'm wrong. I hope maybe, you know, this is the time, uh, cause I, I don't know. Not that I hope that she sticks around necessarily, cause I don't know anything about her. Right. But, you know, it'd be cool if the trend of, you know, let's vote that type out doesn't continue this season, but I'm not gonna yeah, bet um, on it. I'm gonna roll, roll the dice and hope that it doesn't, and I'll say, uh, Patrick goes home next i'm that i'm picking three different guys i'm banking on a, a man going home next interesting yep i'm gonna be so wrong <laughs> you're the only one wrong this week loser <laughs> not getting the first boot all right so um yeah it's 
a little light if you, you know, fast forward through my crazy ranting, but it was a little light of an episode. Yeah. So while uh, that's what we got, and we should tell some people about other things we got going on. Sure. Of course, you're going to go to our website, which is purplerockpodcast.com. We'll have live blogs, fantasy games. Maybe we'll make Emma write some stuff for us. I'm not sure that's possible anymore. <laughs> Another person who opted out of uh, you know, our off-season uh, series. But, you know, speaking of the content that you may have missed on the off-season, Emma and Matt did a watch-along of Survivor Philippines. Uh, those were video podcasts. So if you, that's evergreen content, it's, the season's not going to change. So you can check that out sometime if you haven't. I strayed off the beaten path quite a bit and decided to cover, uh, the amazing race, uh, seven, aka the romper season. Um, that was just a lot of writing. No podcasts there. Uh, we did a summer series where myself, Mark, and a bunch of contributors, uh, wrote posts called Fan friction, where he defended one of your favorite players against, you know, all the awful things that people may, or frankly, we might have made up that they say. Mm-hmm. Um, Australian Survivor has been going on. Apparently, it's been pretty good. And that's still going on because um, apparently they never learned the idea of uh, less is more when it comes to Survivor. Yeah, uh, Australians are not into brevity. No. Uh, so, special thanks to, uh, Assistant Dragon Slayer, Sharkules, Kemper Boyd, and everybody else that got right in that thing. Um, <laughs> if it ever ends, uh, that might be soon. I don't know if <laughs> that's true. But yeah, so if, if you, uh, were taking a survivor break, cause, you know, that's healthy, uh, feel free to catch up if you're interested, either now or some other time. Uh, one other thing we got going on right now, uh, due to popular, demand mm. some demand a little bit of demand uh because just due to a demand there you go um we got shirts kind of mm. uh you guys asked for it and we decided we have put up a design uh for shirts hoodies tank tops mugs even um really? that you could that you could buy um yeah, I know. You haven't looked because you didn't do any of this stuff. But yeah. Mark and I got into doing all of this. Um, so there's a link on our website just on the main menu called Swag. That will take you to our home on Redbubble, which will allow you to, to buy some things that will allow you to rep the Purple Rock podcast. Uh, that will help support us in some way. But I want to make clear, we do not expect anyone to buy if you do not want to buy. We're not asking people. We're not going to be hawking products uh, mm-hmm. very often on this website or show. Some people ask for it. We figure what the heck. We could do it. And yeah, we'll get a little bit out of it, but I don't want anybody to feel pressured to do it. We're good. Yeah. Um, specifically, I won't be buying one. <laughs> <laughs> uh, come on. What about all the mad profits that will get sent to us? But yeah, no, like, yeah. So uh, have a look. Let us know what you think. Buy them if you're interested, and um, let everybody know that you love the Purple Rock Podcast when you're other other podcasts. <laughs> All right, uh, where else can they follow us? Of course, you've got to be following us on Twitter. The show is Purple Rock Pod. I'm Purple Rock John. Andy is Purple Rock Andy, and there's other people too. If you keep searching around Purple Rock, you know various other people. And uh, you can subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Stitcher. Google Play, and probably a bunch of other weird little apps that we haven't heard of. That's good enough for now. Hit the theme music. 